the City Podcast. And we are back another edition of Keys to the City. I am the host, Trevor Keys, alongside the big brother, T3. We will be joined with the Joseph Aguirre in just a few minutes because there's something brewing in New York, but there's also something brewing in the Northeast right now. And last night also, you also think about the NHL, the New York Rangers, 1-0. Something's brewing in the Northeast, but let's start off. We'll be joined with the Joseph Aguirre to talk some New York Yankees and New York Mets. Who is the top dog in the MLB? and in the state of New York. But there was a big game last night. I don't know if you heard about it, Ted. I know it was on the West Coast, and some people are sleeping off, you know, nowadays at 9 o'clock when these finals start. But, yes, the NBA Finals was last night, and you had a new-look Boston Celtics team, a young, inexperienced team. That wasn't an experienced team, by the way. That was a team that was hungry and making the Golden State Warriors just like the Brooklyn Nets, the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Miami Heat. Well, add the Golden State Warriors to that, Ted, with another uncomfortable performance due to those Boston Celtics and that defense. The Boston Celtics went 120 to 108 against those Golden State Warriors, the heavily favored Golden State Warriors. Ted, you look at game one and how everything played out. Golden State starts off with the historic, I should say Steph Curry starts off with the historic start, six threes in the first, but the Celtics stayed within grasp. They never, ever fell out of it, even with the way this. The Warriors started that game, and the way Steph started, you never felt like the Celtics was ever that far behind. And then you get to halftime, and it was a two-point game. My thing is, Steph was had a historic start, and he finished with 34. My thing is, we talked about the other key contributors that got them to this point, the Clay Thompsons, the Wiggins, the, I mean, the Draymond Green. We'll talk about him in a few about that. And Jordan Poole, the surprise from the Golden State Warriors this season, but really has been lackluster recently. And But the Boston Celtics, Ted, continuously showing that defense and why, to me, like I've been saying, I've been saying for the past couple of weeks, and everybody calls me crazy, whatever. I'm not a Boston Celtic fe- team. You're all crazy. But I know, but my crazy prediction could come true. The Boston Celtics have been playing the best basketball. They haven't been playing the best basketball since January 6th, Ted. So, Ted, when you see this game, is this a sign of things to come or, or – Am I crazy? You are crazy. Absolutely, you're crazy. I tell at you, least, this, at I, least we're honest. With at least we're honest. But guess what? You got to be crazy in yourself to know what crazy is. So Too let's sure. get to the game. Is this a sign that things come? Absolutely not. This game is still. This series is what? still going seven. Don't give me the excuse that Jason Tatum had a bad game and they won because of Al Horford is not going six from eight from the three. Get the most threes in his career. And Jason Tatum's not going three of 17. Guess what? Derek White is not gonna, is, didn't become Steph Curry overnight. Didn't become Chef Curry. Not going to bang threes like he did all last night. Okay. That was – they're not going to score 40 points in the fourth quarter again. Gets okay. the number two rated defense. The Warriors are also going to take care of business at home in game two. Listen, last night it was – you. I told you this before. We're watching – what was it? The Heat game, game four? It was a game mm-hmm. game four, right? That's when the Celtics went wild, hit like seven threes. Seven, there were like nine threes in the first quarter. Celtics were hit their first seven threes last night in the fourth quarter. Seven for seven to start the fourth quarter off. They could not miss. What did I send you? I want to make sure I had this stat right last night. Of course, I can't find it when I need it, but I want to. Right here, here's Hold the on. thing, Ted. Ted got, no, 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 that's fine. They Why were you nine for twelve from the three in the fourth quarter. That doesn't happen on a regular basis. They were seven from seven. 
to start the fourth quarter off. They scored 40 points in the fourth quarter. The Warriors don't usually play that bad at home. They don't play that defensively. So I, when you ask me, well, this, is this a game one assignment? No. Just look, it was one of those games. I look at the Heat series and the Celtics series. Look at the difference in the games. Look at, I mean, the Celtics, unbelievable. He blew out the Celtics game three, Celtics. Blow, I mean, this is, this is not, I believe Jordan Poole will play much better. I believe Clay Thompson will play much better. They did not get the supporting cap, the points and cast that the Boston Celtics got. Look at the game last night. Yes, Jason Tatum, their best player, did not play well at all last night. What, three of 17, Trev? We have uh, less than 15 points. But Al Horford is not going to play that great again like he did last night. He's going to turn 36 today. He isn't going to play that well. Derek White is not going to be Jeff Curry at three playing point guard. Well, you know, he's he's actually been – actually, if, if you want to see what Derek White's been doing the past couple of games, ever since he's had his, his kid – He's actually been lights out for the Boston Celtics and a huge reason why the Boston Celtics are in the situation that they're in right now and they're up 1-0. Yes, Tatum had an awful game shooting-wise, but facilitating-wise, he was excellent. And that's why it's one of the many reasons why, to me, he's still the best 25 and under player. Yes, I said that over Luka Doncic because he plays defense. And even though when he has a bad shooting game, he can always go back to kind of evoluting his game or just yeah, evolving to his game. He was the fourth quarter listen, game okay, in the okay, NBA history. Okay, right, that's Ted. not a norm. Listen, a superstar, what Jason Tatum is, Jason Tatum, what he did last night, I know it was an awful performance shooting-wise, but to see his game, his evolve, he's evolving as a player. He's 25 years old. He's, or 24. He's evolving. But my also thing is, my also thing is, I also have to say, the Golden State Warriors are in a very tricky situation in the sense of this. Draymond Green is so bad offensively that, yes, you have to keep him on for defensive purposes, but offensively, Draymond Green is awful. He, it, like, literally, Ted, just leave him open. Just go sit on the bench and talk no, to the guys while Draymond Green takes a shot, whether it's, whether it's from two, whether it's from in the paint or it's from 25-plus feet out. That's the thing. He's been awful. Jordan Poole has been awful recently. Even in this postseason, he has not been like he was in regular season, Jordan Poole. Well, outside Thompson, the first series. Hold on, hold on. Draymond and also Clay Thompson. I'm just going to give you the what they did last night. They went 18 of 48. Draymond, Clay, Wiggins, and Poole combined 18 of 48, 37% from the field, 48 points total. Otto Porter, who was the be- probably the second best shooter in the standpoint of he was four for five, most efficient shooter, and 12 points. But I'm not going to put him in that category because he's just coming off of injury. Those guys that we just talked about so much before this series started, Clay, Draymond, Wiggins, Poole, were awful last night. And even yeah, but though – don't you expect yes, them to play better? My confidence level of that game, like I said, changes drastically. Yeah, but Jason don't you think – let me interrupt for one second. Don't you think the guys that you just named are going to play much better? Do you expect? Yeah, you the, hope. The, you hope so. But and Clay and Jordan Poole and Draymond, do, don't you expect them to play better? Right? Yeah, you, you am hope I, so. Am, but, am I wrong by saying? Sorry, to cut you off. You, your hope uh, so. Your hope so. Okay. That, yes. So Clay's that's why I say it's not a, a sign to things to come because I think you, me, and I'm everyone gonna, else are me, smart enough to understand that Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, Draymond. And Wiggins but how 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 do you, how do you know that? Because well, what? Here's All my thing. Sudden, do you expect Al Horford and Derek White and Marcus oh, okay, Smart to here. be? What were they? Oh. Eight of oh. uh, eight. What were they? Fifteen of twenty-three from the three-point line. 
Do you expect Al Horford, Marcus Smart, and Derek okay. White to shoot Are, that well again? And I guess the Boston Celtics defense is going to go take a, a, a nap for the uh, entire. Well, they took a nap uh, in the third quarter. Okay, and then the fourth period, whatever. But that's my thing. They still manage, even though yes, the third quarter, even though the and the Warriors started off hot and Steph started off hot. That defense still gives them fits. They were. I watched them the way they were so smooth offensively, but just the way it transitioned to their defense. That was just even that much more crisp because of the way that Jordan Poole looked uncomfortable. Yes, they had good looks, but you still saw the uncomfortability, just like you I saw with the Brooklyn Nets, just saw, just like you saw with the Milwaukee Bucks, and just like you saw with the Miami Heat. This is what this team has been consistent of, and that's why they have been predicated. Yes, they're an offensive juggernaut type team because they got the talent, but they're defense is what makes them the best team in yeah. the NBA and that's why I've been saying it and that's why they're going to win this series but I know it's one I'm game they but they're going win the to win the series they still, listen, they still might win the series but you look at that second half the Warriors controlled that whole third quarter we're, we're dominating the Celtics they outscored them by 14 points but then we saw an historic fourth quarter that we have never seen before they out they were the first team to be down double digits and they won by 20 points plus points I mean, they won by 10 plus points in the fourth quarter. They outscored by 24. Well, these teams, if you want to know your stats, these, hold on, listen to this. These teams combined 40 of 86 from three point last night. The Boston Celtics 21 of 41, and the Golden State Warriors were 19 of 45. So it was a three three point contest. It was a three point barrage. But what I saw last night, from a standpoint of what Golden State does offensively and how they like to move and like ball movement very quick. Yeah, but but they, the they way got how... stale in the fourth quarter, trap. Yes, I because they got stale and I don't they... play the defense. And I they play... look tired. Play... They look tired. Yeah, I don't think it was tired. I just think they, they – get... listen, yeah. we, 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 I think we see it in basketball teams where they get bo- they get stale, they get complacent, and they and they don't – Pass the ball around the third quarter. They there was a great ball movement. There was great chemistry. Fourth quarter they got stale, and then it's one of those things where I think the way the Celtics were playing in the fourth quarter, where they start banging threes, one, two, three, and it's like bang, bang, and then next thing you know, I think the Warriors what they do is they go back to it's like all right, what we get away from what we do. You know, Trevor, when football teams they jump out to like a ten or fourteen point lead, and sometimes yeah. the offense, the other team, they get out of their normal game plan. Like their normal game plan is like we're gonna stick with the run, and then we'll hit the play action pass. And what teams when they start jumping on you, they, they it takes them out of their game plan, and now they start throwing the ball around the field. When listen, still play your game, play your game until you really need to pass the ball on all three downs. I thought the Celtics. With their their unbelievable fourth quarter run, where like I said, they hit the first seven threes. They were nine of twelve for for uh, yeah. with threes in the fourth quarter. I think it was an NBA record. They outscored them by twenty four points. They scored forty after the Warriors scored thirty eight in this in the third quarter. And that's and that's, that's and the thing, Ted. You just said 40. it. You just you just said it. That's why the confidence level for anybody that like it's funny that like Golden State's still a four and a half point favorite come Sunday. Uh, Oh, Sunday. I believe, yeah. I believe the Warriors will take care of business in game two. But my I thing is, at, we've never seen a war. I mean, like a home at home. Now I know they lost to Memphis early this postseason by fifty. Yeah, they were undefeated at home. I'm trying to say that we've seen this team get annihilated by the Memphis Grizzlies early on in this postseason with fifty point by a fifty point blowout. We've never seen them get blown out like this in a postseason game 
in a quarter like this. It was 40 to 16. This is a Golden State team that has been running the league for the past 10 seasons. The Boston Celtics ran them out of their own arena last night. They look tired. And for a team that just had seven days rest to look that exhausted and look that kind of beat up. <laughs> Ted, listen, you, you, if, you, if can't, may, you can't convince me. Listen, I know it's one game. Hold on. It's one game. I know it's one game, but you can't convince me right now that the Boston Celtics, boy, oh, boy, man. If they play, if you go back 2-0 in Boston, series okay. is over. That series is, is over. It, series is over in five but I, or so four. Here's, here's a whole bunch of things. I expect the Warriors to play much better in game two. Mm -hmm. All right. You and me talked about this yesterday before we even did the show. We were talking about is the eight or nine days rest like Tampa Bay is having in hockey yeah. against the Rangers, yeah. like the, the Warriors had, is that going to inhibit or hurt the team with the rest compared to like the Rangers and the Celtics who had a much shorter rest and keep that flow in? Because it didn't look like that in the first quarter, but I get that. The Celtics played their game in the first half. They had a two-point lead. It was 54, 52 and a half, but it still mm -hmm. felt like the Warriors in control. Third quarter, that's where the Warriors, if you look at it, I think they posted a stat last night, the Warriors crushed They won the quarter 38-24. No, I know that. I'm not talking oh. about that. In general, in the playoffs, I think they were a plus 214. They were, they were an astronomical number where they, coming out of halftime, they – Control the third quarters in every series so far. They just dominate the third. I got, quarter. I got one more Last stuff night, here. The way, hold out the way they play in the fourth quarter. I do not expect that again. I do not expect a forty-point fourth quarter for the Celtics, and I don't expect them to hit seven straight threes in a row. I don't expect Al Horford to be their leading scorer. All right, I don't expect that again. I expect them to both to play well. I expect the Warriors to play much better. I think the Warriors will take care of take care of business in game two and play much better. I think that last night maybe was the best thing for the Warriors to get their heads back into the game. And I think we go back game three on Wednesday night, a 1-1 series tie. And if I may, I don't know if I'm stealing your thunder, but since Kevin Durant has left the Warriors, the Celtics are 1-8 eight in their last nine games when Kevin Durant does not play for the Golden State yep. Warriors. And that's also probably going to go over to Sunday because I believe that, like I said, I'm, I know it's one game and, but the way the way the world works in the you sports told world. The same, you said the same thing after game two, after Celtics blew out Miami. You're like, oh, yeah. series is over. And what happened? Game three, he went into Boston and took care of business. Yeah, they're going to help them. There and guess what? But I still, yeah, Every I might have been wrong on that. That's fine. Game. But also, guess what? I did say the Boston Celtics were going to win the Eastern Conference Championship, and I said they were going to win the NBA title a couple weeks back. I still stand on that. And for what I saw last night, it only helps and only just progressed my confidence level in the Boston Celtics and winning a title and my level of concern for the Golden State Warriors after last night offensively not helping out Steph Curry. Ooh, takes a huge hit for me. See what Sunday brings. Me, I'm going with Boston Celtics. Go 2-0 back in the TD Garden in Boston. Speaking, we're just talking about the Northeast. Well, I know we're talking about the Boston Celtics and the basketball, but also there's a lot going on in the Bronx and the Big Apple right now. There's a lot going on in the Big Apple currently right now, not just with baseball, but like I said, also at the beginning, the NHL world, the New York Rangers – well, we got a game two tonight. Something's happening in the Big Apple. I don't know what's Jeff. going on. Hopefully, maybe football season. I don't want to get my hopes up, but hopefully. Watch out for those Jets. Oh, hey, yo, I got for those Jets. Forget about yo, the Jets. 
we we've talked about this. This was one of our topics within the last year or two. I remember this. We had to come up with stuff when COVID was on and we were talking about other stuff. But Trev, I think you can correct me if I'm wrong, but we had a question where there was such a lack of optimism for every New York sports fan. If you were a New York sports fan, the Knicks, the Rangers, the Islanders, other than the Yankees, it was like the only the only thing that was bobbing in the water was the New York Yankees. Everything else was sunk like Titanic to the bottom of the ocean. And I and it's it's incredible. Yeah, the Islanders. It's, the Islanders. Yeah, the Islanders. What they stop. Stop. It's like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody counts okay. the Islanders. Yeah, yeah and it's oh, like the wow. Buffalo Sabres, too. We're talking they it's weird. They're up north. They're not really part of New York, even though they are. I'm not I'm not disrespecting you if you're a Buffalo Bills fan. I do like the Bills. I'm not knocking them, except if you play the Josh Giants. Allen's well, best quarterback in what, the NFL. But what I way. am saying stop. Bills Mafia. Okay. Best quarterback but in the I, NFL, Bills Mafia. What I am saying is though once on June 3rd today on 2022, you look at the Rangers right now up one nothing in the Eastern Conference Finals, which tonight is going to be a very tough game. Tampa Bay, since they got swept against the Columbus Blue Jackets, are 17-0 and when they lose a game following the game. So they have not lost two games in a row in the playoffs since they've gotten swept three years ago before they won their Finals Cup. That, so you got the Rangers right now in the Eastern Conference Finals, which is kind of a year ahead of where we think they are. They're one of the youngest teams in the league. Then you look at the Yankees right now. There's no better team right now in baseball than the New York Yankees. Then you got the New York Mets, right? I know it's still early. The Mets fans, we do we do this all the time. We get excited, and then by July and all. Hey, there's something brewing right now in New York. Though, and then here's the thing: something brewing. You can't. I know you both Knicks, can't deny that fact. Okay, there's something brewing with these baseball but, teams. But with, now, okay, the Knicks are long gone. We understand that. I, I don't. I'm talking about baseball right now. I don't Hold care. On about for every, a second. Let me finish my point, Come and on. then you can do your thing. But what I also want to say is, I think. Joe joked about it, but I think you look at it as a football fan, too. I think there is much more optimism this year as a New York Giant and Jet fan. I think Giant fans look at it like even with Daniel Jones, we have the right coach. We have the right leadership. There is a changing in the regard. If Daniel Jones can't keep us afloat, see you later. The boat Joe, is still let me, Joe, let me ask you this. The is still going to go. We'll just find a new captain. And the Jets, I think, for the first time, have a little bit more optimism as well, Trev. So I'm saying, relax. All right. All right. Well, if we want to talk, well, let me get to Joe because we've been having, we've been on, we, we haven't gotten our, our boy Joseph McGuire in to talk. We've had ten. Talks. Yeah, well, I was going to lead we in. Got ten, you know, Joe was going to take over. We, we, we you know, Joe ten, was going to take over. He's I know, jump but, on. I know. But we've had TED talks. We've had that. It was that was. Brought hey, to is you that our TED talk today? That hey, was one more thing, Joe. Joe, one more thing. Brought to you by Ted Z. Brought to you by Ted Z. No, but Joe, you see these two teams right now. And I know the Mets are dealing with some injuries in the in the pitching staff, but the way the city is, something's brewing right now. And it feels like, hey, maybe 2000 can happen again, but this could be a different type of World Series because these two teams, the way they're scoring, the way their stars are starting to really come into their zone. It's just a really – it's a, it's a great feeling. It's a it's – a, a, a satisfying feeling to see that I know that this is baseball and there's still a hundred games left and we get that. But to see this, Joe, how, as a New York Yankee fan specifically, how are you feeling right now about at this Yankees team overall? I, I, this team is tremendous. I mean, they're playing 700 baseball, 50 some odd games in the 51 games into the season. Yes. The Yankees haven't been this many games over 500 since the 1998 team. One of the great teams in baseball history. So uh, you got to be excited for the Yankees. I think just for me watching the defense, the pitching being, I love, I love pitching so much. And, and to do you see like it more than, guys, do you like it more than hitting? I do. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I do. Mean, look at the, look at the hold on. Hold on. Ted, Ted, Ted. Hold on. Hold on. Let's I'll take a well, oh, I was just gonna back up the game with the pitching. 
Yeah, I'll take a one nothing two one game any day of the week. I love that. I don't know. You know, it's funny. The Yankees have performed very well in games where they're scoring two runs or less. They they've got the most wins in baseball there as well. So this team can blow you out. They can win it close. They've got a winning record in extras, winning record against righties, against lefties, home, away, 19 and 10 versus the AL East, which, and this is why I want to, I got to, the New York Mets have won 19 games against a division that has no other team near 500. And that is their own division. Which is surprising. Because yes. we all, we, it is we very all surprising. expected, I yes. think, a much more competitive division. And now, Joe Girardi got fired today, if you did not know by any chance, by by the way. Oh, well, I he just is- saw Lenny Dykstra out there pitching for the job. <laughs> ah, nailed. You, 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 you didn't know that? That was like at 1 o'clock. He got, and then the kid Alvarez also signed a well, hey, Joe's got Joe's got a family to take care of. I have been so busy this afternoon He's got to a get ready He's for this family. show. Yeah, got, I can't. I'm bummed. But listen, Joe Girardi. You know, I know so many people love Joe Girardi, but look, Joe Girardi got himself run out of New York, got himself run out of Miami, and now just got blown out of Philly. Yeah, but he had the... He's not Joe Torre. Well, I also say, look at the team he has. Harper, Segura's on three months with a broken uh, thumb. Harper's dealing with a wrist injury. They got no pitching, no bullpen. I would blame. Yeah, him but isn't it impressive? Hold on. Is, he is didn't leave the Marlins. That... He didn't leave the Marlins. A bad Marlins team to the playoffs. He didn't leave. The, but hold uh, on. Here's the thing. Isn't it impressive? He's that the done Mets less are... good than more good. Isn't it impressive though that the Mets have a nine and? I mean, that's a division that we all expected the Braves to be more competitive, the Phillies to be there, but the Mets have a nine and a half game lead, and it is it is exp- impressive. But the way, the way the Yankees, with the way the Yankees, with the way the Yankees have been playing, and, and how consistent, consistently great they've been this year. They still only have a five and a half game lead. Now that's credit to the AL East, but the NL East for a division that we had so much more hype for and faith in has really just backfired. And the and the New York Mets, they're a nine and a half game lead going into June over June first. I mean, or I know I it's fifty. We're over fifty games. They're these are two teams that hold on. Also, both of these two teams are in the top five. The Yankees are in top five in the home runs, pitching wins, ERA, and saves. The Mets are top five in batting average, pitching pitching wins. RBIs and hits. So these teams do a lot of things the right way. So here's another thing, Joe. Before they lost last night to the Dodgers, Mets were up 10 and a half games. Starting yesterday, the Mets by June 2nd, I think it was 50 games in, had the largest lead in a division by June 2nd in Major League Baseball history. The other team was, I think it was the 1961 Giants that had a 10-game lead by June 1st. But the Mets had the largest lead in the division by June 1st uh, of any team of Major League Baseball history, which was pretty remarkable considering how bad that division, which is still surprising. I still think those teams will turn around. It's still a long season. Um, But, hey, listen, you got to give credit where where credit is due. I think Buck Showalter has done a tremendous job with his team. They're hitting well when Doris looks like the all-star that we saw in Cleveland. Um, you know, the polar bear, he's hitting bombs. He's up for the MVP award. And, and, and Joe, I know, you know, we make fun of it. You know, you knock it. But I still think, and I look at it as a Yankee way, like we used to talk about with Severino coming back, when they do get him, whenever they do come back, 
when they do get Scherzer and when they do get DeGrom back, if those guys, if they can maintain this first place lead, you hold them off as long as possible. But if you can get them healthy for August and September going into the playoffs, having them at one and two as your aces going into the hole kind of reminds me of like when the Astros had like Granke and Verlander and Cole or when the the Dodgers, I mean, it's going to be really hard to match up with them considering Scherzer's dominant and DeGrom's so dominant in the playoffs. One other thing, that Yankee team in 1998 was 37 and 13 in their first 15 games. I tell you, 15, I was 15, thinking about 15. 37 and 13, the first 50 games. Yeah. That's it, yeah. Good. First 50 games. Here's but I the thing. Oh, that stat that you said, Ted, that's that I backed you. I got you. I got your facts on this one. Okay. That was the Seattle. I, so the largest division lead entering June divisional era, 1969, the Mariners in 2001 had a 14 game lead. The 2017 Astros had an 11 game lead and the Mets and twins of 2019 had a 10 and a half game lead. Plus the giants in 1971. By June 1st. Yes. The Mariners, as we know, that team, as we know, that team lost the ALCS to the Yankees, and that Houston Astros team won the World Series over the New York Yankees. So, Joe, can I say we'll go either way? I want to just say one thing, and then I want you to at least change the subject or do what you got to do. But I was thinking about this before. You know how they say, like, sometimes you do your best thinking on the, you know, the toilet or something? Well, I do my best thinking in the shower. I was thinking about this before because I listened to the show, and I'm like, this is they're like, what makes this Yankee team different than any other Yankee team we've seen in the last four or five years, right? Like most of the people are the same, except for a couple changes. Manager is still the chains, pretty much the same pitching coach. I mean, we got I think we got better uh first and third base coaches because we're not screwing that up. They all went to the Angels. But this is for me personally, just thinking about this team, this is the best team I've seen of the New York Yankees. I think even better than the 2009 Yankees. I think this team reminds me more of the teams that we grew up as kids where they are finding ways to win all different ways. It's not just the long ball, even though they are leading the league in home runs. They're finding ways to win 2-1. They're finding ways to win 14-10. to They're winning by bullpen. They're starting pitching. I know you were talking about it. Cortez is like 1.70. Cole, 3.21. Tayon, 2.49. Montgomery, guys, first win, but he's been one of their better pitchers. 3.4. Severino, 3.3. I mean, it's, it's incredible to think that – they are just they. It's great as a Yankee fan because they are finding ways to win all all different ways. Defense too. Defense. They're winning defense. They're winning pitching things that us three have screamed about for the last three or four years. Like why can't we get things figured out? I mean, Glaber is back to where we thought Glaber was two years ago. He is not an issue. We're not talking about him. The only issue we're having right now is Gallo and Hicks. But it's so. Like it's like a paper cut compared to the whole overall body of this team because this they're man, just, yo, this man really, yo, you're I'm really, excited, are, I'm you're, you really are an energizer, buddy. Joe, why don't you go take a break? Well, just me and Ted will just talk. I feel bad. Joe, come, I gotta get. I want to talk about the Mets for a minute. The what? Mets are thirty-five the and Mets? eighteen. Shush. The Mets are thirty-five and eighteen. Joking. They're nineteen and seven versus the East. They're they're not they're they're not playing well otherwise. Five and two against the Central, ten and seven against the West, and that was loading up on the worst teams in the West. I don't know if the Mets can sustain this. I'll be honest, and and I told you this before, Teddy, and I I maintain I don't think Jacob Degrom's coming back until much later in the year than we think he is. 
And I think that's going to have a, a, a bad effect on the Mets. I still, I mean, the Mets are going to be all right because I, I don't know when, when or which team in this division is going to get hot. You know, I mean, it, it, Atlanta was at about this point last year with a losing record. Check. Philadelphia underperforming. Check. I think you could argue the Marlins, like the Tigers, just not as bad as you thought they were going to be. So I don't know. I don't. I just still don't love the Mets, and and it and it upsets me to hear Mets fans act like they like they're in the World Series already because they're not. And and just because you've got Scherzer and Degrom doesn't mean anything. I mean, a lot of teams have two great aces off the top. I can think of another team in New York that's got that same situation. I think one that maybe has a deeper rotation than the Mets. So I think it's going to be tough. I think if you look at the Mets, they're a very top-heavy lineup as well. And I think in the long run, that's going to that's gonna hurt them as well. But we'll see. But as far as the Yankees go, like Teddy said, look, the, the pitching, the defense, the timely hitting. You know, Last night, Rizzo would just – Nice single up the middle. You don't have to put Ted, one into the seats. Ted, you said also that the excitement in the fans seems different from past years. And you say and you send those clips and then do you feel do you I know you got excited earlier, but when you look at this team, does it feel different from the past since 2017? Or do you feel like maybe just like Met fans were getting our hopes up still too early because it is 50 games and this division is still very deep and very talented. Can you just see this team being different from past years? Thousand percent, thousand percent. You could you you could be Stevie Wonder and just listen to it and understand <laughs> what the hell's going on out there. Oh, listen, right oh. now you have right now you have the best baseball player on the field right now in number ninety nine. There's no better baseball player right now on the, in Major League Baseball than Aaron Judge. Yep. There's. I mean, he literally is putting the full. I mean, he's Thanos right now. He literally has all the gems. He is literally putting. Wait, no, no, no. Thanos, Thanos is a Thanos is a villain. Judges of the farthest. Yeah, but he's the ultimate guy. It takes all those. He honestly has wow. everything you want, and he's putting it. There is no. He's hitting for average. He's hitting for power. He's not striking out. He's playing great defense. What more could you ask of Aaron Judge as a as a New York Yankee fan now? Is it remarkable that he's doing it in the year where he wants to test free agency and hold up the Yankees on a contract? Pretty remarkable, right? No, it's, 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 no it's, what else is but, a coincidence? But, it always happens. But here's that the other way. thing it's not just him. I mean, Rizzo last night, timely hitting. Yep. Glaber Torres looks like the guy that we thought who had 35 home runs two, three years ago. Yeah. All right. IKF is playing a solid, solid third base. We don't have Gary Sanchez behind the plate no more. Now, as bad as the catchers have been offensively, Higgy's batting what? I have it right in front of me. 164. Who cares? He's doing what he's supposed to do. He's controlling the base pats when he is healthy when he got off of COVID, and so is Trevino, and he's solid behind the plate. That's what we need. We need a leader back there who doesn't give up pass balls, who controls the pitching staff, because if if, (laughs) – listen – the catcher is the one that controls the game. Joe knows this. Yep. He's the one making the calls. 100% agree. He's, why is this pitching staff this year somewhat more remarkable? They didn't get, and 
And, you know, we talk about Nestor Cortez, and I don't want to run on because I'll just blah, 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 blah. But this is a guy that's winning baseball games without throwing 100 miles an hour. And it's not just this season. Go back to last season. He's been one of the best pitchers in baseball. And at this point or another, I know Verlander's stats are great. Nestor Cortez should be the starting pitcher for the AL in the All-Star game right now today. He's on the best baseball team. He's the best pitcher on the New York Yankees. It's well, don't forget, Jamison Tyone has six wins also too, Joe. I mean, th- this whole pitching staff has been just – it's been lights out at times. And Clay Holmes, my God, what what a what a huge, huge boost that's been to this bullpen that we already have talked about for years has been one of the top-notch bullpens in all of baseball. But, Ted, you see – I know you said Clay, he struggled last night a little bit, but he's been lights out and could be making a push – for maybe, you know, kind of like a Mariano Wetland situation. Hey, you know, Clay Holmes, maybe this is yours for the taking. Listen, I, I could see Chapman going to the eighth, less pressure. And when you need to, you can bring him in the ninth. Why, listen, Joe, why not? not? Hold on, hold on. Why, Joe, why not? Why not, there, though? Well, there's nothing wrong with ha- – listen, Joe always says if you have multiple guys, you got no one. You'd rather have the one guy. But it's it's I, I tell you one thing. If I'm a Yankee, there's nothing wrong with having a guy that's 1A and 1B that you know if Chapman's losing it, you can automatically bring in and he can get out. And, and I'll say this too. We, never, we, we always forget about this. But if he can come back to where we think he can go back, Domingo Herman will be back on this pitching staff. He will only – he might not be on the starting rotation the way this rotation going, but guess what? He'd be a hell of a long – He can add to the depth of he'd it. He'd be a hell of a long – he could be your Ramiro Mendoza where he could come or in. Or your Luis Cessna. Yeah. Well, there's nothing wrong with that, Joe. If as long as he's getting outs and and he and he can, you know, say Cortez or one of those guys has a bad pitching game in the third inning, you got to pull him and you can pull him on and he can go four or five strong. That only is going to strengthen your bullpen too, so you're not going to wear out guys. And what is their chances? There might be a slim chance that Britain comes back late in the in the year. So I mean, all those things are key contributors. But this team right now is playing great baseball. They're fun to watch, and it's and. I don't know what Aaron Boone is doing. Maybe they're just playing better. I don't know. But there's something definitely when you just watch them or you just listen to your ears and you listen on the radio, there is definitely a different sense about this New York Yankee team than there has been the last four years. I don't think it's any surprise that their games have been shorter this year. Average time span. I mean, these guys are efficient. And I think a lot of this comes down to the defense. You know, they're they're you're not seeing a lot of errors. You're not seeing them give teams extra chances. They're not kicking the ball around as as they were known to do over the last five or six years. These these Yankee teams have not been uh, defense defensively efficient. Uh-huh. This is the best defensive team since Greg Nettles was manning third base for the Yankees. You know, they have not put a a real premium on defense and. Yeah. You know, this is a very analytically driven idea, and it's got them with playing 700 baseball. Right so, now. again, yeah. I think you take you take this powerful lineup, right? I mean, you know, it's funny. Even even the Aaron Judge and the Yankees were like, you know, you can't have nine guys that hit home runs and strike out a lot. Like, that's not – we needed to diversify, and they yeah. have. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, look, I still think Joey Gallo – I think he's going to work out. I think he's going to, oh, I think he's going to, come on. I think he's going to be fine. Aaron Hicks, yeah. on the other hand, is to me at this point, you know, it's no Jacoby no hope. Ellsbury. Are you saying no hope right now with uh, Aaron Hicks? Is this, yeah, what, Aaron are, we getting, Hicks. are we getting breaking news right now? Are we getting Aaron, Aaron Hicks? Hicks no you you know, Aaron Hicks is healthy ish now. I think mm-hmm. there's still an issue with the wrist, but 
He he looks like he's going to make it out. Joey Gallo's still up there swinging like he's going to put one into the bleachers. He hasn't. Ted, how do we feel? Ted, how do we feel about this? How do we feel about this most recent statement by Joseph McGuire of saying that Joey Gallo will get it together? How do you? How do we feel about this? He has been hitting about two fifty for the last month, so big jump in the batting average. Third week of July, but Joe, remember when you were talking about Joey Gallo and now he's playing in Pittsburgh because we made a trade for his? Uh, That's what should be him or hit. Hit one of those two is going. It's it's yeah. it's 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 inevitable. One of those I think guys, I think the more I valuable person would be the more valuable person would be Joey Gallo. Personally, I probably. think I think Val, Gallo will stay and Hicks will go. But I wonder if they value the switch hitter Hicks would giving them versatility over Gallo. I, I listen. Either both of them suck. All right. <laughs> I, I know the word stinks bad. I don't care. This that's how bad the word is deservingly so for speaking of their play. They it's a joke, bro. It, oh. They are a joke right now, and it's not like don't you can go look at the numbers defensively. It's not like they're being great defenders. They have not played a great. It's not like he's a gold glove center fielder and Joey Gallo and left's like yeah, he's an ex Roberto Clemente. Even though Roberto played in the right field, I know that, folks. But I'm just saying, it, it, it's a clown show. It's and, and last night, strikeout again, over three, three Ks. I mean, he, he, the swing never changes. It's still. Swinging for the fences like we're playing wiffle ball when we we're kids with the big the bongo bat. I mean, what's the matter with that? You ever gets wiffle ball? Wiffle ball's the greatest, right? John? <laughs> watch, watch, watch the Especially next with guy. The bongo up, bat. Watch, yeah. watch the next guy up at bat when there's two strikes and he chokes up and gets closer and he bang right up the middle and he scores two runs. And the Yankees win two one. That's what we want. Guys like Rizzo. You want guys like that. The Yankees are going to make a move. And here's the other thing: we're going to get the big guy back to Stanton. He's going to come back. I know we've been talking a lot of Yankees, but we do got to give the credit to the Mets right now. They are playing great baseball, just like the New York Yankees. These are two two of the best teams. I know the Dodgers technically have a better win percentage by .7, but the Mets are right there. These are the these are the three teams, well, the three favorites probably going into the world uh, right now. now I, know I know I can't stress it enough. I know it's only 50 games, and there's still 110, 112 games left. But right now, there is something brewing special. In the Bronx and, and New York. Angels would trade uh, Mike Trout for Joey Gallo and Hicks. Maybe. Yeah, it could be a good trade, right? Yeah, straight up. I heard that on Francesa today. No, you yeah. didn't. Yeah, you know I, I did. <laughs> are you hey, serious? I, I, yeah. The Angels, the Angels are back to normal. They've lost eight straight. Now they're back. Yeah, to I know. Look at this. Yo, yo, yo. Ever since we started talking about them, they went downhill. We talked about them last week, and they've been awful. They've been awful. Today. Eight straight losses. I love that Shohei Otani cannot perform in the shadow of Babe Ruth. <laughs> Joe, that they want to compare him to Babe Ruth. The shadow's like the clouds came in yesterday. Yeah, the clouds yeah. <laughs> yeah, not a good day. <laughs> but like I said, like from the beginning of the show to the very end, right now there's something brewing in all the Northeast with basketball. The Joe, Boston you want Celtics. to come back up here? Come back up. It's a brewing, bro. You got a storm brewing down south. That's the problem. The clouds are coming in on the east on the southeast Florida coast. You need to come up here where the sunshine is and 80 degrees. And we got nice oak trees. For the next 10 weeks. See, you know, that's 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 why the that's why the people, and I'm gonna say it because I've been here long enough now, the people from the north make me laugh sometimes because you guys are jumping in joy after a couple days of nice weather. It's been like this for literally the entire since yeah, I've how's been the, how's the, the weather entirety, today in Florida? How's the weather? Today? Oh my god, we get two days of rain and it's the end of the world. Oh my god. Then you guys just Trevor, only get 90 degrees weather. Like, come on. Trevor, yesterday do? it was like 70 and freezing here. 
Here's my also thing. You said you it guys... had been hot and then it got chilly and it was like, oh, dear God, we had like that 20 degree drop. My last thing is, hold on. Before, it was like 30, is, it was like 98 to 60. You guys, both, you guys have both been getting beautiful weather, but you guys are very pale right now. So go get some tan for goodness sake, because you need it. But like I said, something great is happening right now in the Northeast. The Boston Celtics up 1-0. The New York Yankees and New York Mets are taking care of business on the diamond. And the blue shirts, can they go up 2-0 against the double time, two-time, two-time Stanley Cup champions, Tampa Bay Devil. Oh, my God. Devil Rays. Lightning. Oh, I, I'm the, back in the lineup tonight. Who? Donaldson's uh, playing oh, good. cleanup. And, and you saw Robert. By the way, Robinson Cano got uh, released. He's been, he was awful with the Padres. But let's see how another epic weekend. I think the Yankees should pick him up. Oh, my God. Anyways, we'll be back next week. Ladies and gentlemen, we are out. You are now in tune to the Keys to the City podcast.